Hi guys, and welcome back to Sweat Thrive Glow. My name is Katie Dudley Barbieri. I'm the host of this podcast and the face and voice behind the brand, The Pilates Blonde. I also own True Fit Pilates on Bridge Street in Phoenixville. Today's episode is brought to you by a question in the DMs uh, by an angel named Paige, who is really just drawn and called to be a Pilates studio owner, and asked me if I could share my experience, my journey, everything from getting a certification to how to select a reformer that feels really, really good to the body and anything and everything business owning. And what I will say as a little disclaimer is I will share what I know to be true in my journey. Just like you can type in an address to Google Maps and it can take you 17 different ways, there isn't one way to open up a business, but I will be candid and share with you uh, some of the ways that I have fallen forward uh, and made mistakes on a small scale and help you avoid making those same mistakes as well. All right, guys, let's swan dive in to the beginning of getting a Pilates certification and where to start with your education. And this is really uh, where a lot of people uh, get held up because there's so many different options on the market. In my opinion, I would go with something that is rooted in the classical practice. There are two types of Pilates that people kind of put themselves in, uh, two little buckets. One is classical, which is very true to the method that Joseph Pilates taught. Uh, And then there's the contemporary bucket where you really have a lot of freedom and playing with movement in the body. What I would recommend is really having your basis in classical. Understanding the why behind the method will make the contemporary stuff make so much more sense. I think you'll be a lot more connected with your clients, with your own movements in your body, and you'll also have a full a full system to lean on if you're feeling lost and overwhelmed. I will find myself seeing like a whole bunch of different bodies with a whole bunch of different imbalances in a one class. And I will go right back to the level one classical order and then add in some zest to make it contemporary, but really rooted in the classical order is what I believe heals and fixes bodies. And then the contemporary stuff is, again, just the icing on top where you can hyper focus on, you know, a different muscle group or I really, really work a lot on balance. So I'll add that into my classes because I don't want anybody breaking a hip. I want everyone to, you know, grow old in their dream home and not be, I don't know, confined to the first floor of their house if they have a two-story house. Uh, So I really focus on longevity And so if I'm feeling like a lot of imbalances are varied in a class, I go right back to the classical method and then add in just some sprinkles of contemporary where I see fit. So certifications, you have a bunch of different options. And even when it comes to getting a job in the Pilates world, there are several options. You can do, you know, boutique fitness, which is what I personally prefer because I'm an HR nightmare. Uh, I have done corporate. It was not for me 
in any way, shape, or form. I cannot believe I lasted the three months that I did. And I cannot believe that I wasn't fired, to be honest, because I wasn't good at selling supplements that I didn't believe in. Uh, And then your other option is franchise. What I know, I have worked in all three scenarios. For me, my personality and my style of teaching, boutique fitness was honestly the only place that I really fit in. When it comes to working in a corporate setting, there's a lot of red tape and uh, there's a lot of extra things that you have to worry about. Uh, when it comes to a franchise, you really have to stay within the parameters of what you can and can't say, what you can and can't teach. For example, the franchise that I worked for, um, you couldn't say when you're doing legs and straps, you couldn't call it frog. You had to call it double external rotation knee bends, something crazy and too much. Just say frog. Put your feet in a froggy position, heels together, toes apart, bend your knees in directly over your hips and press out. That is so much easier, right? Uh, So keep that in mind when it comes to picking where you would like to teach. If you are somebody who wants to open a studio, this is a controversial hot take. In my opinion, I think that you should work somewhere else uh, and be really mentored and groomed into a really strong instructor and figure out how to build your community and really make connections with humans before you open up your own business. And, and we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. But I would really encourage you to work for someone else for a year, two years, five years. I did it for like seven, eight nine years. And it really allowed me to see, you know, I don't want to buy into a franchise that doesn't work for me. I can't work in corporate. I'm not good for my personality. I really like boutique fitness. I like that I can, you know, price myself appropriately and make sure that I'm really uh, adjusting as I see fit. And I really love the freedom that owning a boutique studio allows me to have. Let's talk about reformers because there are so many options and none of them are cheap. So I own 11 reformers. I have seven peak MVEs, six of which have the tower attachment. And then I also own four balanced body Allegro twos. I love both reformers. If I had to choose one, I would go with the Balanced Body Allegro 2. Originally, when I purchased TrueFit, I was going to sell all of the Peak machines and invest in all Balanced Body Allegro 2s, but I do see the benefit and the need for the combination as, and that worked for me in my situation, and we'll get into that in a little bit. I wouldn't recommend if you are opening up a business, purchasing seven of one piece of equipment and four of another. Honestly, for financial reasons, none of these things are are cheap. Um, the Peak MVEs came with my purchase of TrueFit, and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, what I like about the Peak machines, uh, I like the heavier spring load. I like, actually, I think that that's it. 
I think that that's the only thing that I like. I like the heavier spring lead. Um, the Allegro 2s I could go on about for 100 years. What do I like about the Allegro 2s? I like the quality of the leather better. I like the bigger carriage. I like the foot bar. It's more comfortable on the client's feet. I like that it's almost like an infinity bar and it goes a lot lower than the Peak machine does. Uh, I like that it has lighter springs. You can always add springs on and you could purchase additional heavy springs from Balanced Body. Uh, sometimes the Peak machine, the blue spring, the light spring is still too heavy to get into certain clients' movements. Um, and to allow them to, for example, I have a client who is very, very, very petite and she can't do teaser on the box in straps, not because she isn't strong enough. It's that she, the spring load is dangerous for her to use because it's just simply too heavy. And that's the lightest spring load we have available. Whereas on the balanced body, I can safely allow her to do an advanced exercise because she weighs so little, uh, that the spring load is actually appropriate and safe for her to use. I like that the box is bigger on the Allegro too. I like that the foot bar comes in significantly more. Um, I have experience with teaching, um, a client who is a little person and the peak machine just isn't accessible. Whereas the balanced body, uh, foot bar comes in enough that she can have the benefits of getting to do footwork, which she needs for her hips and her knees based on her medical history. And it's disappointing that the peak machine doesn't allow, uh, that for her. Um, what I just really love the Allegro too, if I'm being honest, I think that it's sexier. I think that it's prettier. Uh, the rails that the, um, wheels roll on are covered so they don't get covered in dust as much. Um, the headrest on the peak machines, and this is at every studio across the board can really look like a dirty car seat. If you know what I mean, like the crumbs and the hair and all of those things like in the crevices and it's really, really, really hard to keep clean. Uh, the peak MVEs have where the wheels are, um, this little shelf that gets really dusty and like we require socks. So it doesn't happen as much here, but in other studios that I worked at, we had a real bad toenail problem and that is disgusting, but that is the truth. Okay. I would go, in my opinion, with the Allegro 2. I just think that it's really smooth. It's really sleek. It's really sexy. It's really accessible for the masses. And that's really beneficial because you can heal more bodies with that piece of equipment. When it comes to other pieces of equipment, that's personal preference. Um, barrels, I feel like, are pretty standard across the board. Uh, a ladder barrel is always really fun to have, especially if your studio is private-based. Um, if you're doing a lot of privates, that's appropriate. If you're not going to be a private-based studio and you want to do more group classes, that might be uh, something that you invest in later on. Okay. Let's talk about starting the business. And maybe you're here to listen to, honestly, my journey and get some tea. Uh, so I left my previous employer uh, in February, at the very end of February of 2020, and opened up my own studio, uh, Leap Day. So January or February 29th, 2020, it was shut down March 12th, 13th, whatever, when the world closed down. At that time, I was really, really by accidentally so smart and was renting a one room, one reformer studio, privates only. 
And what this allowed me to do was one, stay open during COVID. Obviously, the first like month or two, I was closed. But as things started to open, because I was one on one, because I could sanitize everything really easily, because I could space out my clients and be really particular it wasn't an issue for me, which was really nice. My overhead was next to nothing. My overhead was next to nothing. I think that that's something that can be really difficult when trying to open up a business is trying to get capital up front. What I will tell you is I did not take that route. Okay. True fit that you see today on my Instagram would have been a $500,000, $600,000 buyout or uh, build out. It would have been hundreds of thousands of dollars in equipment that I just didn't have starting out. And we'll talk about some uh, falling forward mistakes that I have made um, and mistakes that I am still making um, that we're learning our ways through. But what I will say is we did slow and steady growth. So I was in my first studio with very, very minimal rent, keeping things very affordable. I didn't have any other instructors, no payroll, just my rent, my booking software. um, And I feel like my car payment and my health insurance. Those were like my bills. Okay. Kept everything really, really low. What I focused on then was collecting a lot of certifications. During COVID, certs were really cheap, so I was doing as many online certifications as possible. And what I have since learned was that was a big old mistake. I needed my Pilates cert and maybe some additional certifications for I have pre and postpartum. I have like geriatric Pilates. I have uh, Pilates for the injured athlete, right? I have all of those like workshops and stuff in my repertoire. What I didn't need was like speed and agility. Does it help when I'm working with an athlete in a private setting? 100%. Was that a necessity? Absolutely not. So what I would suggest instead is studying marketing, advertising, sales, 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 sales. When I studied and mastered sales is when my business changed and when we got to expand twice. Uh, And that is something that I think a lot of business owners are not good at is the sales portion. So I stayed at my first location in Skipback, one reformer studio for two years. Uh, I expanded to a medium-sized location uh, in August 2021. Uh, When I expanded, it was a happy accident that I ended up where I was at. I was originally supposed to rent a bigger space in Skipback. I had my husband's real estate agent uh, helping me negotiate this contract. We went back and forth. I signed like four or five different copies of this lease. And at the last minute, like the day I was supposed to give them a very, very large check and get the keys, I pulled out. I just didn't feel right. And thank God, thank God that I didn't take it because exactly a year later to that day, uh, we purchased TrueFit. So Jesus works in beautiful, mysterious, wonderful ways. I still had like twenty or $30,000 worth of equipment on the way and needed to make money off of it. Uh, so I still announced that I was opening up a studio uh, and I just didn't have a location. I didn't let anybody know that. But the owner of CoreFit, uh, Liz, reached out to me and gave me 
a congratulations DM and said, hey, if you're ever interested in a second location, uh, I have a room that you can rent. It used to be my childcare room. It attaches to a bathroom. And I was like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. You're so sweet. Can I come tomorrow and look at it? Because I actually don't have a location and my world just fell apart and I am drowning. Uh, This is a hot tip. If you're in the fitness industry, be nice to everyone. Be kind because you never, ever know who can help you out. And this community can be so cutthroat and not kind and not nice uh, that when you are kind and you have that reputation of being a hard worker, it can totally work in your benefit. So stay in everyone's good graces as much as you possibly can within your own control because having Liz honestly save my business was the biggest blessing and I will forever be grateful and thankful for her because I don't I don't think I would have been able to purchase TrueFit if it wasn't for her. So uh, be really, really kind and know that there are really great human beings in the industry and maintain as great of relationships as you possibly can. Uh, and in that same breath, if you know of a different fitness professional, if you're in a sales conversation and somebody is inquiring about your services and you know that there is somebody else in the industry who is better suited to help someone get to their goals, always, always, always sell that person instead of yourself. I know that that sounds counterintuitive, but I promise you it just makes more space for the clients that are correct for you. And it gives you more credibility and spreads that kindness throughout the industry. I am a big fan of just making sure that people end up where they belong instead of in my studio uh, if it's not the right fit. Okay, let me continue to share what I know. Slow and steady growth is how we got to where we are. Uh, When I was at CoreFit, we outgrew the space. I had four reformers. Uh, I had some monthly unlimited clients. I could only take 10 monthly unlimiteds uh, because I didn't know how I was going to take on more than that because there was such a limited schedule. I was the only teacher for a majority of it. Uh, I had a less than one-year-old daughter at home. There was a lot of things going on that were preventing me from growing. And I knew that I needed more instructors. I knew that I needed more reformers. And I knew that I needed more space. And when we started researching build-outs and business loans and how the heck we were going to accomplish it, it felt really overwhelming, especially taking out a gigantic business loan for five, six hundred thousand dollars and not having our dream home for several years just didn't sit well with us. And my husband, who is the most supportive human being on the planet and is such an a intricate part in this being as successful as it is. Um, he basically said, like, what's your dream? Like, what's your end goal? And I was like, honestly, TrueFit Pilates is wonderful. And they have great instructors and everybody's well educated and everybody's super certified. And I love, I love that their location is incredible. And he was like, well, just reach out. Just slide in her DMs, ask her if she'd be willing to sell. And that's how we are where we are. We maintained good relationships. I actually used to work at TrueFit when I was 19, 20, I think to like 24 I worked there, maybe a little bit younger, maybe 23. Um, Definitely didn't have a fully developed brain when I worked there. Anyway, uh, I was really, really junior and new in my career. 
And I got my certification at TrueFit, really grew into a baby budding instructor, uh, and then moved away for college and taught elsewhere. Um, but it was felt really, really comfortable coming, quote unquote, home. Uh, and that's how we got TrueFit. Uh, it was definitely the most... I don't know, peaceful way to acquire a studio. Again, the build out would have been hundreds of thousands of dollars. The peak equipment with the tower attachment is seven plus thousand dollars each. Uh, the balance body and uh, the balance body Allegro twos are like fifty two hundred a piece. So it's not a super easy um purchase to get into because it is pretty costly. Uh, and let's talk about your pricing structure. If you are opening up a studio, this is so important. When you go to do your pricing, I want everybody to turn this up. When you go to do your pricing, you do not look at the studio down the street to figure out what your pricing is going to be. You need to look at your overhead, your own rent, what your insurance is, if you have any loans, what your loan payment is, what is your projected payroll based on the schedule that you are going to put out. The reason that I said you should be an instructor at another studio is if you open up the doors to a studio, say that your rent, let's take a round number, $5,000. If your rent is $5,000 and your payroll is $5,000, then you're going to add insurance or any loans or anything else on top of that. You're looking at a $15,000 a month uh, price tag, right, that you have to hit before you even are profitable. So you need to make sure that you are priced appropriately for your business needs. What I see happen all the time is businesses start adjusting their prices to other studios and things around them. And what they don't no, is what the overhead is in that business. They don't know if they're profitable. They don't know if they're in the green at the end of the month. They don't know if the owner is taking a salary because most of the time we are not, okay? And you don't know what sacrifices people are making on the back end. You also don't know what kind of debt people are in. Uh, and this is a mistake that I um, am going to own up to uh, because I didn't know that I was supposed to do it. Uh, I have paid for everything in cash, okay? I My accountant was like, hey, like there's nothing in this paperwork about your business credit card. And I was like, oh, I don't have one. And he was like, you don't have a business credit card? I was like, no, I just like save up and pay for everything. And he was like, okay, but you should get one of those. Uh, so when it comes to failing forward, this is like a small mistake. I don't know, maybe a big mistake that I have made. I've never had a business credit card that has that kept me out of debt 100%. Uh, does that keep me very in line with my budget 100%? Uh, but you just don't know what you don't know. So you definitely learn on the job. I'm two, almost three years into this situation and don't have a business credit card. So if you think that I know everything, I don't. And that is a prime example. Uh, another thing that I failed forward in, uh, a mistake that I made so, so, so big in the beginning was hosting sales. And this is a hill that I'm willing to die on. You price yourself appropriately. You price yourself appropriately for your needs, for your business, okay? And if you host sales 
on a regular frequent basis, you are training your clients to wait for the sale. You are training them that your services aren't worth the price that you originally charged and they're never going to pay what you deserve. They're never going to see your value of what you deserve. And here's, I think, a misconception as a business owner. So we are growing exponentially. I'm very, very fortunate to be in the season of my business that I am in. We also, because we're growing exponentially, we there's more wear and tear on equipment. The studio is dirtier. I have to have someone come in twice a week to clean and not just once to hold up the quality of the services that I claim to provide. And in order to do that, I need to make sure that I'm still in the green at the end of every month. And that needs to be priced appropriately. And I think that there is a misconception that if you raise your prices, you're doing poorly. And I feel the opposite. I really do think that when a business is charging a premium price, that they are able to give a premium level of service. And I think communication of businesses who really pride themselves on the highest quality service don't discount their prices. They just don't because they know that they are able to reinvest, buy new equipment, uh, hire more qualified instructors, pay for their current highly qualified instructors to better themselves in their craft. And the only way that you can do that is if you are ending the month every single month in the green is the only way. And in the green means profitable. If you are not ending your month in the green, there's just no way that you can reinvest in your business. And therefore, your quality of service for your clients goes down. So be really mindful of your pricing and put your blinders on when you are creating your pricing. Okay. I feel like that was so much information. Uh, let me know, Miss Page, uh, and anybody else listening, if if you are still here, bless your soul, especially if you are not ever interested in opening up a studio. If you have any additional questions for me, I'd love to give you a part two. I think this is the longest podcast episode I've ever recorded. If you have any more detailed, specific questions, I'd love to give you more information. Uh, detailed podcast, maybe a 10 or 15 minute hot tip. This is just my journey, okay? This is not the only way to open up a business. You can also have angel investors or you can raise capital capital. Uh, and I just chose not to do that. This is 100% me and my husband. Uh, we're the only ones who have contributed. And I hold that very near and dear to my heart. And I'm really, really proud of that. Um, not having any angel investors or anything. This is definitely a project that he and I have done on our own. But that is not the only way to start a business. Uh, that is just the journey that felt right for our family and our needs and our very specific situation. Again, if you have any questions, pop in my DMs, send me an email. However you need to get in touch with me, send me a gosh darn carrier pigeon. Enjoy the rest of your day. Make good choices. Look both ways. Love you the dang most.